Hi, this is Bobby Corella. Skin Wade is my best friend in the whole wide world, and you are listening to Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak. Hello, and welcome to the Corner 3, where we're posted up and spotted up, talking all things Dallas Mavericks basketball and NBA here on 97.1 The Freak, the Mavs YouTube channel most of the time, Spotify and iTunes all the time, etc., my name is Bobby Corella, and normally we record in Studio 41, live on site at Mavs HQ. But given the weather and some other weird technical difficulties, we're recording this remote. Isaac isn't the only one that's calling in on Zoom. Nope. Katia Viaba is also. Katia, how are you? Hi, I am ready to get out of the house. I've been I've been stuck in the house for like the whole week. <laughs> oh no. Isaac Harris also joins. Isaac, have you been able to leave the house? I left a few times, but no, I'm in the same spot as Kat. We reached the spot of parenthood with toddlers that my wife is just like, hey, just jump on your trampoline until the timer goes off. And we're just like setting a timer. It's like, just get all the energy out as much as you can. So I'm ready. It's melting out there. Hope everyone stayed safe over this past week. Feels like we're doing ice storm every year now in Dallas so and if you're a big fan of our YouTube channel the YouTube channel podcast version don't worry we'll be back next week but since we're all remote and I'm operating on the world's worst web camera now I gotta say Kat you look great Isaac your camera looks just totally pristine um, I am doing this from a shoebox uh, and filming this with a toaster and so I didn't want to just complete hmm? are you using Android like camera for uh no this is a <laughs> dell i think computer no i don't really shade. know I'm... uh android and dell what a combo for tech world bobby well this was <laughs> supplied to me by my employer so i'm not going to say one more negative word about this device actually it's a great webcam it's a great mic I'm just recording this on my Android phone as a backup in case it doesn't sound very good. Okay, let's dive right into the hot topics. We are recording this obviously on Friday morning as we often do. Fresh off a thrilling Mavs win over the Pelicans, 111-106. The Mavs, of course, led by as many as 31 points, but in the second half they were outscored by 22 the Pelicans were never shooting for the tie. That's the the most we could say about the security of that lead. Um, a very wishy-washy officiating decision prevented them from doing so. And uh, just enough free throws down the stretch saved what would have been a pretty tragic loss. Now, that isn't to say that uh, everything is rosy coming out of that game. We'll, we'll talk about the good and the bad. I want to run down a couple stats real quick, and then we'll, we'll open it up for the floor. The Pelicans... Scored 68 points in the paint. They had 40 points in the paint in the second half. 40 in one half. That is really not good. Um, you'll note that they scored 63 points. Harp shout out as a team in the second half. And 40 of them came in the paint. And I think 14 of them or 13 of them came from the free throw line. So basically everything the Pelicans were doing in the second half was coming right at the rim. They had 22 fast break points. The Mavs did score 27 points off Pelican turnovers. Uh, Dallas, though, only 16 assists on 37 made shots. Now, Luka left midway through the game, 
with a heel contusion, and so things got very clunky. He was plus 17. The Mavs won by five. Uh, shout out Dwight Powell, who was plus 20. But I, obviously, everybody feels varying degrees of bad coming out of that game, but I just want to get y'all's takes on, uh, before we look forward to life without Luka potentially for another week or so, wanted to get y'all's takes on what we were lucky enough to witness on Thursday night. Well, there's like, there's like good wins and then there's like weird wins. And I feel like if you had to like define or like create a bad win, if there is such a thing as a bad win, it's one of these games where you're looking at it, it's like, all right, a bad win would have to consist of a Luka injury, probably a big blown lead, but you still pull it off at the very end. And they did both of those. So it's like, it's such a weird feeling. The buzzer sounding you're like, all right, we won. I'm good. I'm glad we won. And that was it. But uh, you failed to mention the rebounding battle. Just want to mention that real quick that, uh, <clears throat> Dallas uh, was out rebounded by 14 boards and uh, they won this game. But no, I mean, the story of the game was Luca going out. They were up by 27 in the second half. Luca goes down and they basically lose the lead there. And, you know, I thought Josh had some, had some good moments there in the fourth that, you know, kept him in it to kept him in it, <laughs> you know, kept the lead there for him to, <laughs> to win the game. But it was a weird win, but you know what, as the kids say, a win's a win. Yeah, for sure. A dub is a dub. I'll take it. I was a little nervous there at the end. I was about to text Bobby and just be like, what the heck is going on? But, I mean, Luca, 23 minutes, 31 points. I mean, our guy was cooking. And then, unfortunately, you know, left because of the injury. A couple stats that stood out to me was just the disparity of the three-point uh, field goals attempted. New Orleans went 5 for 20. Dallas... 14 of 41 so they were they were shooting the three for sure and then also the Mavericks gave up 68 points in the paint so that just goes to show you like the two different styles of basketball that were being played on either end of the court and you know Josh Green coming in 15 points you know he played 30 minutes his minutes have been up ever since he got back from injury so it's just been really cool to see him you know be back and be you know really bringing the energy and um yeah i mean a win's a win i was getting a little nervous there because 16 points in the fourth quarter was uh looking a little rough yeah and kat to your point about the three-point disparity new orleans doesn't take a lot of threes as it is because normally zion gets the rim valanchunas gets the rim ingram mccollum they like living in the mid-range the mavs of course take a zillion threes now ordinarily it's a very good opportunity to demonstrate that three is worth more than two but in the second half, 24 of the Mavs' 43 field goal attempts came from beyond the arc. They made six of them. So they were ice cold, ice cold. And that even goes, you know, they weren't shooting it great whenever Luka was in the game, too. It's not like Luka went out. You know, the one guy that shot it great was Davis Bertans. He made all three of his threes in like four minutes, and then he left the game with a calf strain. So that's another injury for the Mavs to deal with in the front court. But, you know, down the stretch, obviously... The Mavs could not buy a bucket. In the fourth quarter, they went, I think it was like up until almost the five-minute mark or maybe the four-minute mark left in the game in the fourth quarter where their only made field goals in the fourth quarter were two putbacks by Dorian Finney-Smith. They were missing everything. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Spencer Dinwiddie, they combined to go 0 for 12 from the floor in the fourth quarter, 7 for 37 for the game. 
Now, you know, Dinwiddie was wearing a cape for like a week without Luka. You know, he was just – he had back-to-back 35-point games. He was fantastic. Um, obviously just did not have it going in uh, against the Pelicans. Tim has really been slumping, it feels like, for a couple weeks now. Um, obviously, you know, it's that time of year with trade rumors and everything. And we'll get into the trade deadline later on. But, uh, you know, who knows what's going on in these guys' minds, these guys' psyches right now as they see their name on Twitter all the time and everything. Uh, but, I mean, it got to the point – you know, it got, it got to the point in the fourth quarter. I, I was at the game, and, you know, there were a lot of MFFLs that came out uh, that, that, that battled the conditions to make it to the arena. And you could really feel the exasperation in the crowd um, because it felt like every single possession in the fourth quarter was coming down to, like, the final two or three seconds of the shot clock. There was no movement. There was no passing. There was no dribble penetration. It was literally just everybody taking turns taking really, really, really bad shots <laughs> like late in the clock. And you could audibly hear the crowd just like, ah, ah, pass the ball. You know, like it was really, really, really awkward. And, uh, you know, Josh Green said it himself in the postgame interview after with Skin. Um, you know, there's no reason it should have come to that. They all have to do better. He called out some of his own bad decision-making. But, I mean, the, the whole team has to do better. Now, you know, everyone knows the record without Luka. Their own six in games he hasn't played. They did beat Phoenix basically without him, uh, or, you know, last week. And, and they were able to just hang on for dear life against the Pelicans. So we've seen them do okay without him. We've seen Dinwiddie step up without him. It's not like this is going to be, you know, they're going to go play the Warriors on Saturday. And if Luka's out, they're going to lose by 60. Now, maybe that could happen anyway. But, like, we've seen the good uh it just so happens that against the pelicans we saw a lot of very very bad and i will say like the first half the Mavs were looking so good and that, like something that stood out to me in the first half as i was watching it i was like dang the pelicans are turning the ball over a ton uh turnovers were 13 to 5 so they turned it over 13 times and then the points off turnovers were 25 for the mavericks and just in the first half like that's normally <laughs> like a whole game's worth that obviously fell off in the second half. And, you know, I think maybe the injury kind of rattled them a little bit and, and threw off their game. I don't, I don't know what exactly, you know, happened there, but, but the first half was looking really solid. You said they had 25 points off turnovers in the first half. Yes. Yeah. They had 27 for the game, which means yeah. in the second half, nothing. they only forced uh, four turnovers and only had two points. It's hard to turn it over when the other team is just taking layups all the time. <laughs> you know, like it yeah. was it was really, really, really awkward. Yeah, and I feel like we do have to remind people too that you know the Pelicans had such a weird uh, travel situation to Dallas that you know coming from Denver and you know a lot of people were tweeting about it, reporting about it, but you know they flew in the same day of you know of the game, and then you know Larry Nance and them were tweeting out the buses ain't, ain't here to pick us up either and all this stuff. So I don't know the exact time frame of how, you know, how, how many hours, I think it was just a handful of hours they were in Dallas before they had to play and, and all that stuff. But the Luca injury question for you all, did, did Luca get you? Did you fall for it for a second? Cause we all know that Luca, you know, it a tweak happens and you like hold your breath for a second and they're like, all right, uh, Luca will be fine. Two minutes later, he's going to be dunking. Were you worried in the moment, and where's your worry level now that it's like a right heel contusion compared to a, you know, an ankle sprain or something? Yes, I was worried in the moment. Um, you know, 
Pelicans called a timeout, I think, right after the foul, or maybe the Mavs did. There was a stoppage of play, and, and Luka very, very gingerly walked over to the bench. Um, and obviously during the commercial break, if you're only watching on TV or depending on your vantage point in the arena, you can't see. But I sit way up like in the Eagles' nest, basically, in that building. And uh, during the timeout, like he took his shoe off and he was really, like, really, really in a lot of pain. And they were checking it out and stuff. Uh, now he comes back in the game and shoots free throws, which is cool. Well, he didn't shoot free throws. It was a challenge, actually. So that's that was the stoppage of play. Uh, he did not get free throws. And immediately had to leave again. And you could tell, I mean, he just was not moving well at all. Um, was really not moving well. And I, I guess the, I was more confused about why he was trying to complete an epic throwdown jam on two Pelicans in that, in that situation anyway. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Uh, but hopefully it's not serious. You know, heel contusions uh, in street clothes of Jeff Stotts on Twitter. Uh, he, he talks about heel contusions. Yeah, he says the average missed time is like 1.8 games I think um, some take longer some take less some guys don't miss any time at all some guys miss one game so you know hopefully it's not very long but the the heel is kind of complex because it's a bunch of like I mean feel your own heel it's a lot of like padding down there uh, it's a lot of like skin tissue fat uh, there's a little bit of muscle and then there's that bone and so if all of that stuff bruises and if it's like really deeply bruised that's a lot of pain that's a lot of discomfort if you think about how many times Luca jumps I mean, every single time you jump, it's going to hurt. So hopefully it's not something that, that keeps him out long. But, I mean, we'll see, I guess. You know, people probably already know if he's going to play tonight against Golden State. But, um, you know, we'll see One if, if he misses time. One hour later. <laughs> 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 we got good news last time. Let's go, Woj. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Bobby. I mean, I was watching it at home, and so I didn't really see what went on during the, the timeout break. But once uh, they showed him walking into the tunnel I was like oh dude's done for the night at least because normally he sticks it out normally he he you know makes it through and it it was a bummer to see for sure because he was having such a great game you could hear the the very loud expletive on the broadcast it happened like I went back because you could I could hear it in the press box very clearly Luca hollered out a word that I I can't repeat even on the freak uh he just yelled freak really really loud actually promoting the station um, but you could, you could hear it very clearly in the arena. So I went back and watched the, the broadcast and you could hear it too. follow will stop talking right as he said it. And so Kat, as someone that used to work for the broadcast is Bally, uh, at risk of getting fined by the FCC or, or, or is that kind of out of their hands? No, I mean, if an announcer drops, you know, a word, that's more what we worry about. You can't really control what the, uh, ambient Dave Keeney's not going to like rush out to the floor and like duct tape Luca's mouth like stop 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 <laughs> actually the Mavs are known to have like some of the loudest like rim mics in the in the league so like whenever people play in Dallas like you can hear a lot more than you normally can uh in other arenas so shout out our audio guy toast giving us a little little insight <laughs> Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the referees at the very end of the game. Helped help Dallas. You know, it's cool to be on the other end of that one. And uh, it, although, do have to say, the review of Dorian's air quote flagrant foul on Alvarado was absolutely ludicrous. Like what I've never seen. You know, we see these plays replayed all the time when a you know a guy shoots and the, like the landing and all that. He'd already landed. The dude already landed, and then they reviewed it, 
ref wasn't even like watching. He was watching the ball go to go through the air. And uh, but the end of the game, shout out to the refs. Um, definitely worked in the Mavs' favor on that. One. <laughs> Dude, I felt so bad for Willie Green. Just like, dude, you used your challenge on something that just like brought back a foul and still gave the Mavs possession and you won the challenge and that was your challenge. Oh my gosh. I was just watching it at home like, no way, no way this is happening to him. At but the game, the, the, <laughs> the, official, like, the official explanation isn't played on the Jumbotron. And so... Why did the Mavs maintain possession after that challenge on the on the Luka dunk attempt? Why wasn't it a jump ball? Oh, the Luka dunk? Oh, I don't remember that one. I was th I was talking about the end of the game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, but but on that play, that's the play the Pelicans used their challenge on. Like Cat was saying, the Mavs maintained possession and hit a three on that possession. So that challenge actually was super bad for the Pelicans because. Would you rather have a Luka trip to the free throw line or a three? <laughs> you know, and also. They got screwed at the end of the game. A big last two-minute report dub for the Mavs. And I, I, I don't know if you all saw that chart that was floating around Twitter earlier this week, but it was uh, tabulating since the last two-minute report was introduced which teams have been the most screwed. And the Mavs were either 10th or 11th in, uh, in terms of like the, they got the least, the least favorable calls. Lakers number one. No, the Lakers were actually right behind the Mavs. So the, the Lakers are near the top, but they, they haven't been, uh, you know, they're not getting singled out. And in fact, this season, the Lakers have significantly more positive breaks than, uh, than unlucky ones. So I don't but know. I was told that LeBron watches basketball every single night and that that doesn't happen to anybody else except for the Lakers. Well, hopefully he was watching the game on Thursday. Maybe we can get him on the pod for next week and, and get his thoughts on the the Dorian foul on Alvarado. That was a complete joke, by the way. Both feet landed, and he had time to turn his entire body and kick his leg out completely, and then he fell down like he was shot. Like, bro, come on. And I was the only one sitting up in the press box, and I was, you know me, Isaac, I was just dying to have someone to talk to, to react to that foul, and I just couldn't. So I, I turned into... Uh, we was do, no I one up with there Greg. with you? <laughs> Greg? No one was up there with me. Oh. Aww. I was by myself. I was all by myself. Felt like a Celine Dion song. Okay. Yeah, uh, Larry um, Nance had a great tweet after the game. He quote tweeted like the uh, the replay of the Ingram disaster that you know the last two minute report, and uh, Larry Nance said that he's like, hey, I wonder if you're uh, basically paraphrasing if they're gonna have uh, sleepless nights after uh, after that one. So that is a good bit. Yeah, I mean, once you watch that re like that replay, you're just like, no way, because clearly he was still in the air, ball had left the hand, just man, what a what an unlucky break for the Pelicans there. A tough one all around, a tough one all around, and that kind of bailed out Josh Green too. Now that was a very difficult angle and difficult spot on the floor to make an inbounds pass where you're kind of like, you're not ordinarily, you're not you're on the sideline but you're not as far up the floor as you normally are. You're kind of tucked there in the corner. And it was <laughs> kind of an unlucky timeout that Jason Kidd called because someone was in trouble. They did eventually kind of squirt the ball through the defense over to Spencer Dinwiddie as Jason Kidd called the timeout. So the Mavs would have had possession. They avoided disaster, though. Now, quickly, uh, depending on Luka's status, obviously, that, that dramatically changes the nature of this game against the Warriors on Saturday night. That one's on ABC on the other side of that, it's a five-game road trip, Warriors game one, and then you got at Utah again, at Clippers, 
and then a back-to-back against the Kings next weekend. All on the road. These are five teams that are all, you know, the standings change every single day. But they're all in the top ten. I think they're all even in the top eight right now. It's going to be very tough. It's going to be very, very tough. I would just like to go on record and say I threw some shade at the Kings earlier this season, and I'm eating my words. They just keep lighting the beam, Kat. (laughs) They They just keep lighting the beam. Um, (laughs) Isaac's over there just like, yeah, say it, say it. You're right, Isaac. No, 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 no. (laughs) Just hate hate fun. So... I, I take it all back. Uh, the Kings are super fun. Uh, just hope the Mavs, you know, can stop them from lighting the beam. <laughs> they can be fun the other 79 games of the year. But for these exactly. three, no, be boring, Kings. <laughs> right after the trade deadline, they, they have that doubleheader. Yeah, it is. And so if either team makes a deal on deadline day, very unlikely that they'll have uh, the players that they traded for for either of those games, probably, which which could be big, especially if it's like a multiplayer deal. Uh, very quickly, Davis Bertans left the game, calf strain, who knows, how long he's going to be out. Uh, calf strains can be very tough, as the Mavs, fan, as Mavs fans will know from Luka last year. Uh, Maxi cleared to practice with contact. He'll be traveling, but he will not play in any of these games. Christian Wood also cleared for contact and practice and everything. His status, TBD, TBA, whatever. And so, you know, the Mavs are already thin in the front court. They lost another one uh, in Bertans. Maxi ain't coming back for the next five games. Who knows about Wood? So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's it's step-up time. Chris Silva, hope you're ready to go, man. Hope you're ready to bang down low and get some boards. Otherwise, it is going to be a whole lot of Dwight Powell for the next five games, so everyone get ready for that. Um, okay, coming up next, it's trade season. Isaac just alluded to it. We've been alluding to it for weeks. Trade deadline is coming up. We are going to give you a trade deadline preview, maybe some predictions, maybe some takes. So stay tuned and see what chicanery we get into next on the Corner 3. Do you think we could all sing together? It's the most wonderful time of the year, or I don't know who's who's the better singer out of Bobby and Cat. Bobby. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear me sing. No one wants. Trust me. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm kind of intrigued. One day for the stream, we could just do like karaoke. And the one thing I I'll say. Have a video of Bobby karaokeing, and it is phenomenal. Oh no, which one? <laughs> Bobby doesn't uh, remember. <laughs> from Lazal's birthday. Okay, I think I was on the mic for a couple different songs that night. You killed uh, it. None it of them great. were by choice. Did you just have water? No. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> of course not. Um, not a big karaoke guy myself, but I will get into it to, to fire up the crowd if needed. Um, the one thing I'll say... I can carry a tune. I will stay in tune and I won't like miss notes. I'll hit all the notes. It's just going to sound awful. So if you're looking for quality over quantity, I'm not your guy. Okay. You're basically Bortz Jr. So. <laughs> in so many words. <laughs> anyway. I it's only most- karaoke when it's, when it's uh, like we're doing Spice Girls and I got like three other, four other girls with me. Spice oh up God. your life. We need to go out karaoke now. Last time, <laughs> last time I went out to karaoke was with, with a bunch of Nike people, and it was an incredible night. What a flex. It was fun. <laughs> okay. It's the most wonderful time of the year. A lot of fans, we know, you love trade season. You love all the speculation, the rumors, trade machine, trade 
Fanspo, whatever that site's called. It's a lot of fun to speculate and uh, have fun with trade stuff. We're under a week away. Trade deadline coming up on Thursday. You're listening to this on a Saturday. So uh, it's you're in the heat of the season right now. So uh, a lot of fun. And in this segment, let's talk about some potential trade stuff. Now, got to be careful a little bit. Yeah, don't get us in trouble. We're not going to get in trouble. We're not going to get fined. But I have some uh, I have some questions for us to answer. Some general bigger questions for this next, what, five days? I guess five days, right? If I can count. Give First or take, question, Isaac. Give or take. Give or take. First question for us. I'll just start with this one. Who's the most surprising player that you think is going to be traded between now and Thursday? Bobby? The most surprising player. Surprise would imply that, like, you didn't see it coming, right? And so that would be... I mean, kind of. We're going to be together on trade deadline day. So it's going to be a... Like, when if this name came across our phones, we're like, whoa, whoa. That's kind of surprising. Man, that is is really tricky. Um, You want me to go first? Sure. Pascal Siakam. Okay, so... That was mine. (laughs) That's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to go to the Raptors because I thought that was too obvious. But that is literally the only name that I was thinking of. I think, well, I Do think we, the Ra- <laughs> We hang out too much. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Raptors as a team is obvious. And obviously, OG's name is being thrown around a lot right now in all the national media and stuff with rumors. And Ved Vliet's name's coming up. Gary Trent's name's coming up. But Siakam, I feel like his name hasn't came up as much uh, in, some, in some of these trade talks. Kat is showing her amazing dog such a beautiful dog husky She's getting real sassy yeah <laughs> is callie just like a big siakam fan i think she just got upset that we just brought him up uh but i it would surprise me i think it would surprise me the most out of all the toronto guys because he could be the biggest name moved before thursday i want to go some this is completely just completely outrageous all right I'm ready. I'm going to say Anthony Simons. Whoa. No way. Just completely, completely out of my butt. Um, Portland apparently wants more players, man. I mean, if you, are you trying to get the Dame timeline or not? So I don't know. That's, that's like the, that, that would shock me. I, I don't think any other team could move a guy that would straight up shock me. But if Portland moves either Grant or Simons, that would legitimately shock me. Okay, well, I don't know, man. I was thinking Spicy P, to be completely honest. I mean, I would be kind of surprised. Yeah, I I would also be kind of surprised if um, Phoenix ends up moving DeAndre Ayton. Mm, That's a good one. Just because, yeah, just because, I mean, Jay Crowder, obviously, yeah. But then it's like, could you throw in DeAndre as a piece in, in the trade here, like, to make it more lucrative? Could you get more out of it from that? And then also, like, everything that they went through with, like, the off-season signing and just how weird it's been i it's like if you go through that much to get a guy on your roster and then turn around and trade him it's very very um deandre vibes yeah with simons in portland building around dame it it's crazy they just made that shift now to build around dame and to win just now now? (laughs) no way they're trying man they're they're gonna they're gonna do the best they can uh, okay, another question for you. 
from a Mavs angle, we're watching all these other teams in the Western Conference right now. What's one team that you're looking at saying, man, I really hope they just stand pat. I hope they don't go all in for a bigger trade right now. Mm, um, I mean, I guess maybe Phoenix, maybe Phoenix, although I still like how they match up in a, in a series. I guess the, the super scariest team, um, if this team upgrades, it would kind of freak me out is either maybe either Minnesota or the Kings. You know, the Wolves are playing really well lately. The Kings are really good, but their defense is still a gigantic question mark. And if, if they can shore that up while still maintaining their offense, then they become legitimately scary, especially because the Mavs have to play them three times after the deadline. And so um, I would say either the Kings or the Wolves. The Wolves are kind of like, they're really kind of kicking it into high gear and they're about to get cat back, I think, at some point. And so, you know, that's another competitor for the top six. So I would say either Minnesota or the Kings. Okay, mine, mine's a little, I don't know, kind of weird. But um, obviously the Clippers wouldn't move Paul George or Kawhi, but they have a ton of pieces. So if they're actually able to upgrade that and then they get a healthy PG and a Kawhi, that's kind of scary to me. I mean, they have... They can shop Reggie, John Wall, Covington, Marcus Morris, even Luke Kennard. And I mean, if they get something good enough offered to them, they can even throw in Terrence Mann, who, I mean, that's a huge up-and-comer for for them. He's had a couple great seasons. He's a great piece to just throw in there and get a, not a superstar, but definitely like an all-star caliber guy. And then they would definitely have like a big three that would make them pretty scary. Here's one other note on the Clippers real quick. They've already played 55 games as of February 3rd. That's the most in the Western Conference. The Kings, by comparison, have only played 50. So the Clippers are going to have a lot of days off in between games for the most part the rest of the season, which is obviously good news for them with Kawhi and Paul George always dealing with stuff. So the Clippers, they look primed to like rattle off like 15 out of 20 or something. Like I, I think they're going to end up in the top three. If the Clippers can land a, you know, another starting point guard and roll out, you know, those three guys, Zubats, a Marcus Morris, or a Nick Batum with that, I mean, that's one of the best starting fives uh, in come playoff time. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Memphis. They have, they have some picks and stuff. They have, you know, contract and Danny Green to where, you know, they have some good young guys um, that if they go all in and get, another big name to pair with, you know, Ja, Jaron Jackson, Bain. That would just scare me, I think, longer term, because all those guys are so young that I'm like, all right, you're putting together a pretty dang nice core that's going to be good for for a while. So, And they're already near the top of the West. I just want them to kind of chill out and, you know, just stay the same and keep getting in they, fights with Mitchell. They don't scare me, and only for one reason, Isaac. Um, they're already good in the West. And so if they get better, who cares? Like, they're already the best team, according to Jaw. Um, I mean, just look, they're 15 and 16 against the Western Conference. That means they've won 15 out of their 16 games, right? So they're just, like, the best. I don't know if that's okay. how that works, but. We'll, oh, just, okay. we'll just give Shannon Sharp courtside seeds to any game that you don't want them to win. And there you go. Well, we'll see, too. After that little brouhaha between Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell, like, is Brooks going to miss time? I mean, I, I don't really know what they're – He's definitely I, I don't know if any player stepped off the bench. I feel like the coaches did a pretty good job blocking, but that's the kind of thing that could like have some long-term effects too if, if Brooks is suspended or anything. 
That Memphis assistant coach definitely stepped off the bench. I mean, it was a straight up tackle of Brooks. It was that was amazing. <laughs> that just brings back the vibes of uh, Stephen Adams just carrying that player. I forget who it was. Tony Bradley. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Good. All right. Next question: Which a player? Which player is a lock to be traded between now and Thursday? And you can't say Jay Crowder. Ooh, that was that's okay. the, the layup. I'm thinking this is finally the year they trade John Collins. <laughs> There's, there has been so much talk about this. Just please do it so we can all move on. <laughs> We're making history. It's finally going to happen. I feel bad for the guy, kind of. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I'll say Malik Beasley from the Utah Jazz. That's my, that is my lock. You can never have enough shooting. You can never have enough guys that play on the wing. Utah's got kind of a lot of both um and I don't know I I don't know why they would trade him I guess he's been really good for them but his name just keeps popping up so I'll say Malik Beasley okay that's I mean I feel like you could say like five jazz players and like here you go um I'll say Westbrook I just don't oh no I I agree I don't think there's any scenario in which they go into to any type of postseason basketball because you know the play-in's not playoff basketball so let's establish that any type of postseason basketball with russell westbrook on their team i don't i don't think they want to step foot in that i think if all else fails when it comes to the end of the deadline it would be a you know a trade for more you know a couple different parts around the league before they walk into that okay well i'll take your westbrook and i'll one-up you a chris paul what about chris paul Whoa! Could oh you guys my see God, that, dude? Y'all are getting, y'all are getting wild. Y'all are getting <laughs> freaky. I mean, he has not been the most consistent. He is, you know, a little older than than other players in the league. Um, if they trade him now, assuming they can, you know, find someone who would want that and more of like a leader slash win now mentality, I could see that happening. Phoenix is operating on like such a strange timeline because Booker is like entering his prime. Aiton is still like only like 23 or 24. Chris Paul's like 50. You know, <laughs> Cam Johnson's about to be a free agent. Like, what are they going to trade Drake, Jay Crowder for? Mikhail Bridges, I guess, is like about Booker's age ish. Maybe he's a, a couple years younger, but like, there's just kind of a strange, strange sort of mishmash of, of guys on, on of, of different ages. Phoenix could do so many different things at the deadline, but I'm watching DeAndre Ayton's name for sure between now and Thursday. How big do some of these close games uh, sort of loom in the standings or, or affect the standings? The Lakers, their last two games, they won in overtime at the Knicks, and then against the Pacers on Thursday night, they won by one. They lose both of those games. They're like kind of cooked. But instead, they're still just right there. They're tied for 12th in the West, only a couple games out of, uh, of the top six. Phoenix loses that game to the Mavs. They're seventh if they win that game to the Mavs, where DeAndre Ayton missed like 15 layups, then they'd be top six. So this is every single game is so important. The West is the wild, wild West. Um, all right, next question. Which team is a lock to make a trade between now and Thursday? Raptors. I'm with Bobby, the Raptors, for sure. Non, let's go non-Raptors division, Okay, though. non-Raptors? Mavs? I'm, I agree I'm with that. Touching, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that was allowed. Okay, we'll, we'll do a different team. 
No, I'll, I, okay, I'll say okay. it. I'll, I'll say it. The Mavs. The, easily, I the Mavs. The Lakers are done. There you go. Yeah. I think the lake. I think the the moment the Lakers made the Rui trade, it told me, all right, they're definitely gonna ship off Westbrook, maybe one of the first, something like that for something else. They're gonna do that. Yeah, Lakers. I think. I feel like the Wolves are gonna do something. Yeah, Lakers, Wolves, Mavs, Jazz, obviously too. Jazz are oh, yeah, probably Jazz, gonna make a, a, a few moves. But I. I don't think like Adam Silver is going to clap us for saying the Mavs. I feel like we can pretty confidently say they're going to make at least one trade. They might even make a few, but you're kind of you're running out of time. Um, we mentioned John Collins for Atlanta a little bit ago. Uh, anybody want to? Cat stepped into the Chris Paul, but anybody want to talk about Trey Young possibly? But for this deadline, I think for guys like that, off season is always more realistic. Yeah. That's probably true. Um, all right, next question. Which team needs to make a trade? And you can't say the team that you said is a lock to make a trade. I was going to say the Mavs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Raptors. I was like, not allowed. <laughs> um, I think the Miami Heat really, really need to do something. Yeah. I think they really need to do something. I think Atlanta probably needs to do something too. So one of, one of those two teams would be my answer, I think. I would say I would say the Timberwolves. Ooh. Need yeah. to? Yeah, they do. They need to switch something up cuz the vibes there are uh, not great. <laughs> I think yeah, I think I would go with Minnesota or Atlanta. Oh, I thought Atlanta was off the table. Atlanta for sure needs to do something. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta really feels like they're just in a situation where, like, with all the front office turnover, with all the rumors, all the tension and conflict and stuff, like, they made the playoffs last season They in, in that, like, they participated in a playoff series. <laughs> um, if they, like, get bounced in the play-in or maybe, like, don't even make the play-in, that would be a colossal, colossal issue I wouldn't say like failure, but that you do not want to get worse. What like you need to get better. So I, they they have to do something. I think. Yeah, and because they went out and spent money in 2019 offseason, and that <laughs> look, I mean, it helped a ton. And they didn't even get Terrence Ross. So, and they they did pretty well after that. Let's do some rapid fire names. I'm just going to throw a name out there and it's a yes or no. No no teams, nothing like that where it's just yes or no they're traded or not. Uh OG Ananobi. Yes. Yes. I agree. All three agree he's traded. Uh Fred Van Vliet. No. I say yes. Ooh. Spicy. Yeah. Raptors are going to come out of the deadline with 700 first round picks. I think he's traded too. And it's because of who he hired for his agency. RJ Barrett. No, no. Okay. Some weird stuff going on up there. There is. (laughs) Kyle Lowry. Yes. No. Dude, Kyle Lowry box scores. Just go check them out recently. It's, it's, it's some weird stuff, but they're playing well as of late, the team. So I'm going to lean no, but man, Cat might be. I don't This one's a hard one for me. 
I just feel like there's so many like different like point guards that like it's just gonna be like here. I'll let's just trade point guards and see what happens. <laughs> just keep that carousel spinning. I mean, it's kind of yeah. been that way. Like you think of how many teams John Wall, Russ, Chris Paul have been on. Like it's sort of the even Lowry. You know, it's it's kind of a mm-hmm. it it is that sort of thing. Speaking of point guards, D'Angelo Russell. Yes. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, John Collins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it, it it has to happen eventually. <laughs> Please, like, just just for him. Just if just they're to give if him he's not traded, they need to do an investigation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to figure out what the heck is going on. Kyle Kuzma. No. No way. No, I agree. No way. Dude's gonna get paid. Zach Levine. Okay, no, I think that they trade Demar or Vooch over Levine. Okay. I don't think he'll be traded by next week. That's the game is between next week. All right, then no. Then it's no. I'll say no. Also, no, no, so Boyan. <laughs> yeah, Boyan Bogdanovich. I think, yeah, I, I, I think he will. I think all the stuff about like they just love him so much, they're really changing their mind and unprotected first. No, once push comes to shove, no. Although, although if they do hang on to him, and if Cade, you know, and you get a another guy, and like I can see the appeal of hanging on to him. But I think they'll I think they'll make it the move. I've been yes the whole time until he did an interview recently where he talked about the front office, how they sat down with him and told him how you know they're gonna spend this offseason, they want to compete next year, and like all this stuff. So I'm gonna say no that he's gonna stay in Detroit. But man, if they turn him into like a big trade package, Troy Weaver needs an award. James Wiseman. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh. that's tough. Um, I'm gonna go. Yes. To I'll be a contrarian and say no. I'll I'll say no. But if the Warriors make a move, he might. Yeah. Ooh. I'll say no. I'll say no. I'll say no. I'll say yes. I think he almost has to be in it if they make a move. He's their only like salary. DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> oh, spicy. That was I'll my go first. spicy one. Go. Yes. 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 Oh, I'll say. I'll say no. I'll say no. Okay. I wish you could show the stress on Bobby's face right I now. I know he's really stressed. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot at stake for this game. All right, two more. Uh, Nurkic in Portland. No. No. No way. Yes, he's traded. <gasps> I think they may have to make a move, and I don't think they trade Simon, so they got to have some salary to put in it. I think he's traded. Uh, last name on the list, Russell Westbrook. Yes. Yes, Bobby. I don't think it's going to happen. Whoa! Although, there was a thing that came out today talking about how they're trying. So, I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. I, trying I don't know. for all... <laughs> since he I got here, arrived in LA. What are you talking about? I said Westbrook's... Been, they've been trying to trade Westbrook since he arrived in LA. Well, yeah. Of, well, I mean, like... It was kind of quiet there for a little bit, and I was like, "No, no, no, it's not quiet. They're still trying. Don't, don't worry. You know, a lot of some water carrying going on." <laughs> All right, guys, thanks. <laughs> it's the wonderful, uh, best, wonderful time of the year. It's trade season. Also, 
tune into the Mavs YouTube channel for post trade deadline as we'll have some type of coverage with the Mavs as we're talking everything that happens on the NBA trade deadline on Thursday. More after this. Welcome back to the corner three on 97 one the freak Mavs YouTube channel RIP iTunes Spotify etc this is studio 41 radio my name is Bobby Corella joined by Kati Vialba and Isaac Harris it's the second half we're gonna try not to collapse we're gonna keep running our offense we're not gonna just milk the clock we're gonna keep trucking right along now in the last segment we talked about looking ahead to this season's trade deadline and now I want to look back at some trade deadlines past and some in-season trades the Mavs have made because not every move they've ever made has come on February 9th or February 12th or February 22nd whatever day the trade deadline was that season sometimes you get ahead of the game right you think back one of the most famous trades they made in the last 10 years that Rondo trade with Boston that happened in December so you don't always wait Sir, that was the Dwight Powell trade. I know. The, the I know Dwight Powell trade. Yes, thank you. He is uh, pretty high in win shares in franchise history. So Dwight Powell is is a pretty significant Mavs, uh, Mavs big man. But anyway, you don't always wait until the final day. And now there, you know, the Rui trade happened. The Lakers pulled the trigger on that one kind of early. We'll see if any other teams get ahead of the game this week. But uh, here are some of the big Mavs moves of the past, and we'll talk about some of the, the themes of it, some of the reasoning why they did it, and also uh, did it work or did it not work? Because sometimes if you make a trade just for the sake of making a trade, doesn't always pan out. All right, so let's, uh, let's go back from the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. All the way back to the 1985-86 season. The Mavs traded... Big man Kurt Nymphius, kind of a power forward center, sort of like a combo big, to the LA Clippers for James Donaldson, who many Mavs fans still will tell you is the best center in franchise history. Went on to make the All Star team, starting big man for the Mavs as they advanced to the conference finals a couple years later. Um, pretty sure that move was a, a big old home run. What do y'all think? Uh, yeah. And uh, you know what his nickname was, according to Basketball Reference? Hmm. The American Tourister. What? <laughs> <laughs> the American Tourister. But why? <laughs> I have no clue. It's Basketball Reference. You don't reference question Basketball Reference nickname. <laughs> you don't question okay? You don't question that. Oh, uh, you don't man. question that. But, no, nah, man, Donaldson was a monster. Monster on the boards and stuff, too. I mean, I don't... I honestly don't disagree with people who want to say it's the best center in franchise history. So, uh, had the longevity, had the production, got some awards. You, you talk know. about the Tyson Chandler stuff, you know, I guess, you know, or Rafe LaFrance, you know, uh, but, uh, <laughs> KP, Dwight Powell, Christian Wood, Christian Wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, people are saying there's some stats to back that up. Just if you DM them over, uh, <laughs> but Campbell, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not Campbell. I was thinking of Tony Campbell. He's coming up, though, right? Uh, no, he is not on the list. Oh. Yes, he uh, is. Yeah, he is. Get out. Oh, is he? Yes. Yeah. Where? TC, baby. Tony Campbell. 93-94. Oh, okay. 93. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Look, all I know is that when I was doing the stats for the broadcast, James Donaldson was on a lot of records. 
that were held for rebounds. So he must have been a good son. <laughs> he was that guy. They needed a man in the middle. They needed a they needed a big guy to defend Kareem, you know. Um, and they got him, James Donaldson. So, all right, moving forward to 1988-89, the Mavs were sort of in this weird position. So they had just advanced to the Western Conference Finals in 1988. They lost to the Lakers in seven games. Things got kind of weird uh, between Mark Aguirre and the franchise, and, and those bridges are, haven't fully been repaired, although Skin and Harp did interview him uh, a couple years ago. And it was a great interview. And so the Mavs were... They were just kind of in this weird position where, you know, Aguirre was sort of unhappy. Roy Tarpley was really in and out uh, for various reasons. And they just needed to do something. So they made a couple moves. One, they traded Detlef Schrempf and a second-round pick for Herb Williams. Herb Williams was a, another kind of combo big, power-forward center kind of guy. Detlef was a 3-4 a now, within a couple years, he instantly became one of the best six men in the NBA, won the Six Man of the Year Award for the Pacers, I believe would also go on to win it for the uh, Seattle Supersonics, made an all-star team um, with the Sonics, had a fantastic career, was on that team that won 60-something games and played the Bulls in the 96 Finals. Um, and they also traded Mark Aguirre for Adrian Dantley and a first-round pick. Now, Dantley could sort of recreate some of the things that Aguirre did, you know, that same kind of like uh three-ish four guy that plays above his height and can really score but it it, it didn't really work out for the Mavs um you know you trade a younger guy for a, a more sort of established vet in Herb Williams and then you get this kind of disgruntled star and you trade him for an aging player in Adrian Dantley to the Detroit Pistons but you get a pick out of it so it was kind of like the Mavs were sort of reshuffling the the chairs on the deck you know to try and remain in that contending tier in the west and it, it ultimately just did not work out for them yeah, when, when they traded for Dantley, you know, he was, th he was 33. And, uh, you know, Dantley is a monster of a scorer. When you think about scores back in the, you know, 80s, you think about Dantley, you know, playing in Utah a lot in those early 80s. I mean, gosh, Dantley averaged over 30 points a game for, what, four or five seasons in a row. But he comes over to Dallas, plays those 31 games after that trade, and, you know, puts up 20 a game. I do want to talk about Mark Aguirre real quick. I mean, one of the, you know, pillars you start – talking about best players in franchise history you make a top 10 he's probably in that top 10 three-time all-star for the Mavs he averaged right at I think 30 points for one one of those seasons he was an all-star 29 at least but just an awesome score some incredible nicknames on uh basketball reference uh, if you can the Pillsbury Doughboy oh. uh, <laughs> um but yeah that. yeah Mark I mean his nicknames Elephant Drawers the Muffin Man and Fat Daddy. Oh my God! <laughs> is Mark Aguirre's nicknames on Basketball Reference? I did. We didn't even talk about me using Basketball Reference nicknames when we went over this segment. But as I'm looking at stuff, I just I'm just throwing them out there for you right now. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, Aguirre would go on to win back-to-back -back titles with the Pistons, by the way. So that worked out for Detroit. Uh, jumping forward a few more years, the Mavs. One of the worst franchises in pro sports in the 90s, unfortunately. And, and um, in 1993-94, they traded Derek Harper, who was, you know, um, an, an aging veteran at that time, for Tony Campbell and a first-round pick. So they got a first-round pick out of it. That's pretty tight. Um, you know, Harper would end up going on. He played for the Knicks. He eventually later on played for the Lakers, you know, trying to, to sort of, you know, get a ring. Um, it, it ultimately didn't work out, but... You know, that's hopefully a situation where the Mavs aren't going to be anytime soon, where you're trading your vets for assets. But 
um, you know, <laughs> they did it. Okay. The nineties were a tough decade. Yeah. Here's the toughest one of the three. This is a, this is a trio. Uh, this is a trio and you can, you can make your own connections. Things fell apart. Things fell apart in 1996. You had the three J's, Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashburn, Jim Jackson, all feuding over <laughs> different what things. What did they feud over? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no comment. Okay. Uh, you had a, a lot of different coaches coming through. Um, Norm Sanju was the GM of the team, and he eventually stepped aside, and Don Nelson came and took over. Uh, Nelly had been with the Knicks, I think, and came from New York to Dallas. And wanted to, you know, kind of hit the nuke button. And so here are three moves that they made in very quick succession in the 1996-97 season. They traded Jim Jackson, Sam Cassell, Chris Gatling, George McLeod, and Eric Montross for Sean Bradley, Robert Pack, Khalid Reeves, and Ed O'Bannon. They traded Jamal Mashburn for Kurt Thomas, Martin Murasep, who was a big-time guest on Mike Frailer's uh, Mavs Archives podcast, uh, and Sasha Danilovich. And they traded Jason Kidd, Tony Dumas, and Lauren Meyer to the Phoenix Suns for A.C. Green, Sam Cassell, who they eventually later traded, along with Jim Jackson, and a second-round pick to go along with Michael Finley. And so, of all of those moves that they made, pretty much the only two guys that had much staying power with the Mavs were Finley, who was fantastic, and then also Sean Bradley, who who gave, I mean, he was here for like seven years, and another really, really, you know, productive big man for the Mavs, so... You know, I, I just I find it really, really, in retrospect, impossible to believe that they didn't get any first round picks for those three guys. But uh, it is what it is. What was the time frame between all three of those trades again? Uh, I think we're talking like three months, two months. Because I think when you look back in Mavs history, you look at some of these in, you know, especially transactions. I think you look at that span of six months, three months, whatever it is. I mean. You're uploading, I mean, uploading, you're shuffling and dang near a whole roster, it feels like. And it's one of those points that you look back on. It's like, all right, that's a, if you're making a timeline, you're putting a dot on the timeline for those three months of, all right, you really changed up the roster, these big trades. Yeah. So the, the J Kid trade happened the day after Christmas, 1996. And then the other two trades happened on February 14th and February 17th. So very quick, very quick. It was time to hit the. Try again button. Okay. We all know what happened after that. The Mavs got Dirk. They got Steve Nash to go along with Michael Finley, who they already had. Big three is formed. It's time to go to the playoffs, right? And so here's the first time where the Mavs made a move at the deadline to, like, add talent, acquire talent, upgrade. 2000, 2001, they trade Christian Leitner, Hubert Davis, Courtney Alexander, Todd Thomas, and Loy Vaught to the Washington Wizards for Jawan Howard, Calvin Booth and Obina Akizi. Calvin Booth obviously would go on to hit that big shot in game five against the Jazz. And Juwan Howard was your starting three slash four for that team as well. Dallas would go on to make the playoffs and win a series for the first time in 13 years. Big time. Yeah. Calvin, I mean, you get Calvin Booth, there you go. I'm sad because you traded Hubert Davis in a deal, but, uh, you know, North Carolina coach right now. Shout out to Hubert Davis. Could care less about Christian Leitner, but Hubert Davis, love Hubert Davis. And of course, Courtney Alexander and Atan Thomas were two first-round picks. The Mavs, in the 2000 draft, they acquired like three or four first-round picks, um, and they traded two of the guys they took. So at the time, 
Alexander and Thomas were like prospects. So it's kind of similar to what you'd see today. Just a, I guess you'd see for Juwan Howard, you'd see maybe more picks. Um, but recent prospects, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, the very next season, though, the Mavs would trade Juwan Howard along with Tim Hardaway Sr., Donnell Harvey, and a first-round pick to the Denver Nuggets for Nick Van Exel, Rafe LaFrentz, future head coach Avery Johnson, and Tariq Abdul-Wahad. Nick Van Exel would go on to become an excellent six-man, and Rafe LaFrentz took over starting center duties for Dallas. What a trade. Nick Van Exel, I mean, he had heck, some heck of a years there for Dallas. Um, shout out, he still has uh, Nick Angstead blocked on Twitter because I guess he... Uh, <laughs> he thinks his you know nick's name on twitter is a diss at him <laughs> um but rafe lafrance how good would he be in uh, today's nba oh he'd be awesome yeah i mean he's, he's one of those like mike muscala at least right well especially like you go back i don't know i guess like 10 years ago and, and say all right what well, if lafrance came in the league then you're like all right you'd be balling out which i mean he wasn't bad but mm -hmm. i feel like he was like an an era too early first time yeah yeah maybe okay speaking of errors too early maybe it was too early for jay kid in the 90s but it was not too early it was just right on time for him in 2008 the mavs actually gave up more to get him back than they got for trading him in the first place whenever he was like 25 years old which is really funky the nba in the 90s nothing makes sense just just keep that in mind nothing makes sense 2008 the mavs trade devin harris who at the time was a rising star Sagana, or I guess like a big-time prospect. He would make an all-star team. Devin Harris, Sagana Jopp, Mo Ager, recent first-round pick, Trenton Hassel, Keith Van Horn's contract, and two first-round picks to the New Jersey Nets for Jason Kidd, Antoine Wright, and Malik Allen. Any complaints about that deal? Speak your piece right now. I have no complaints, but this is the first deal that I actually know anything about because the other <laughs> ones were before my time. <laughs> I do like. So we have... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I did like Jop back in, back in those days in Dallas. Um, but I mean, obviously, you make it, you make a trade like this, and you can bring, you know, Jason Kidd in, then you bring the Hall of Famer in. And this was like such a complicated little deal because you had um, Devin George uses bird rights, like kind of vetoed the trade, so it had been going on forever. It loomed into like the all-star break. They didn't know if it was going to happen before or after. So they made Jason Kidd two jerseys, an Eastern and a Western Conference jersey for the all-star game. And then uh, it was so funny because we actually interviewed him about it. And he was like, yeah. And then we had to go find Keith Van Horn off his couch somewhere to go, you know, sign this deal. So uh, a lot went into it, but, you know, it worked out. And Devin Harris, he was like... He was like a top five pick, right? And when he, I think, who's he that? Was the top, top Devin Harris was like a top ten pick when it was. Yeah, yeah. He, they, the Mavs drafted him number five overall. Can you imagine after winning fifty something games in 04, the Mavs had an early first round pick they got for trading Antoine Jameson, and they used it on Devin Harris, who ended up making an All Star team. I mean, that's a, that's a that's a really nice pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. In 2009-2010, the Mavs had a couple disappointing playoff performances, got bounced in the first round in 08, lost in the second round in 09. The Mavs trying to acquire more talent. They needed to add a big man, who they just, they just traded Jop a couple years earlier. They needed a new one, so they traded Josh Howard 
great Maverick, Drew Gooden, James Singleton, and Quentin Ross to the Washington Wizards again. Get used to them. We'll see them again soon. For Karan Butler, Brendan Haywood, and Deshaun Stevenson, the Mavs won like 14 out of their next 15 games right after those guys debuted. Uh, Haywood got a monster extension that the Mavs very quickly amnestied not long after. Um, but the Mavs did win the title uh, and you know the, the next season, and Deshaun especially had a huge part in that. Yeah, I was going to say, these are three names that you totally think of. 2011 championship, you know, they were on the roster. So, obviously, a good move, and it paid off for sure. I'm bummed that Josh wasn't on the title team. Uh, Same. I just, I wish he was on that team. But, uh, you know, obviously, Karan Butler had a had good run, got hurt that, you know, that championship mm-hmm. year and stuff. But Stevenson had a, had a huge role on that team, and he wore an incredible shirt after they won the title, too. The next significant in-season deal, everyone's got takes about it. I'm at peace with it now, honestly. I don't really think it's that big of a deal, to be honest, but I'm also very biased. To, uh, December 2014, the Mavs trade Jay Crowder, Brandon Wright, Jameer Nelson, and a first-round pick, which would end up becoming Gershon Yabusele, uh, to the Boston Celtics for Rajon Rondo <laughs> and Dwight Powell. For Dwight Powell and a salary filler. Thank you. <laughs> A much maligned deal in retrospect. Um, I don't think, given the given the potential payoff, I think it was a well worth the risk. That's what that's what I can say now that enough time has passed to kind of heal all wounds. You know. Yeah, I mean, it was worth the risk. It, um, you know, personality clashes. I guess if you want to call it that. So. This didn't work out. Connect Connect four four. clashes. Uh, No, I mean, you look at it, they had one of the best off or the best offense in the league when they made a trade, but they didn't think their ceiling was that high. They they swung for the Rondo trade. I totally got it then. I totally get it now. And it obviously didn't work out in hindsight, but you got Dwight Powell. (laughs) Um, But I hated giving up Brandon Wright, though. How good would Brandon Wright be with uh, Luca right now? Oh, it'd be nasty. Prime Brandon Wright. That would be so fun. That would be fun, yeah. Oh, well, poor one out for Brandon Wright and for the Beast. I love the Beast, but unpopular with many uh, Mavs fans at the time that they also hated the trade, but they they hated Jay Crowder too. So I don't know. It's kind of a common theme. They just kind of hate everything, I guess. A couple years later. That's interesting because Mavs Twitter would love to have, you know, him back. Yeah, they would. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, 2016-17, 2016-17, the Mavs traded Justin Anderson, Andrew Bogut, and a second-round pick, and I think Darren Williams might have been involved with that too, I'm not sure, to Philly for Nerlens Noel. That was a surprising move. Came out of nowhere. Yeah, that <laughs> it was surprising. I think, uh, yeah, it was Darren Williams. He went to Cleveland somehow. Him and Bogut both went to Cleveland, I think, after that trade. I think they both got bought out or something. But Justin Anderson, obviously a first-round pick, uh, didn't work out in Dallas and they flip him for Nerlens to have the chance there, you know, when Nerlens and yeah, I mean, I think Nerlens. Yeah. And media dining was good. And there was some weird stuff with contract stuff that summer, but uh, that obviously didn't work out either. Yeah. Led to some good interview moments between you and Rick though. It really did. Yeah, it really did. I liked Nerlens time in Dallas bonded over Kentucky stuff and uh uh he was a, he was a fun dude. I don't know if 
uh, Rick and I saw eye to eye, eye to eye about him, but uh, there you go. All right, jumping forward a couple years, the Mavs made two deals again in quick succession, trying to trying to position themselves for a big offseason that ended up not working out in the offseason, but they did get better as a result of the move. They trade Harrison Barnes for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph, got a massive trade exception out of that, traded him in the middle of a game, um, ended up not using the exception, unfortunately. And then they also, a shocking, stunning move, trading Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and two first-round picks, one of which they still owe to the New York Knicks for Kristaps Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke. That, you know, whether that trade works out or not, I guess history will decide, but that was freaking awesome in the moment. I was really, really excited about that when it happened. Dude, we were in Detroit, and it was like we were going to lunch from the broadcast, and then the news dropped, and it's like, okay, well, half our roster is now gone. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. One of the crazier moments, just that whole trade deadline stuff. I mean, Barnes getting traded. He got traded afterwards. You know, they wanted to clear up cap for that summer. But the whole Porzingis trade, I think we can all remember where we're at. And I was driving down the road and I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? It was Dallas's first swing for a co-star next to Luca, And we can analyze it as much as we can right now and say, was it worth it? And all that stuff. But. They were aggressive. They wanted to find a co-star for Luca, and they took the swing early. And obviously, he's not here right now. Yeah, and they went a different direction because last season, the final trade on the list, they traded KP and a two to the Wizards again. The Wizards for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Now, Dinwiddie was massive for the Mavs. They went to the conference finals, still having a pretty good year here, despite you know shooting poorly the other night against New Orleans. Um, that trade worked out about about as well as. It could, I guess. Yeah. It's still all, being written. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Our story is still being written. There it's not go. history, it's our story. <laughs> all right, well, that was a nice trip down memory lane. I was trying to think of like a moral of the story, but we just see different directions that they go. Coming up next, we're going to have an all-star fantasy preview and wrap up on the Studio 41 Radio. It is the Corner 3. Welcome back to the Corner 3 in Studio 41 Radio. It's Bobby, Cat, and Isaac. It's the fourth quarter. Hold them up. Let's close this thing strong and not like what we saw the other night against the Pelicans. This is going to be the best fourth quarter in Dallas played all week. Okay? That's a promise. In closing the last segment, I kind of said I was trying to look for a theme. There were several themes really quickly uh, before we get to our all-star fantasy draft here. Uh, there were several themes. We saw... The Mavs at various stages, we saw them breaking down, we saw them consolidating, we saw them building up, we saw them making lateral moves. And so there's always kind of different strategies that teams will take. And, you know, there's not necessarily as much to be learned over the years from the Mavs because it is a new regime. But like Donnie Nelson, and was he was here for like 20 years. So we saw a lot of like the same sort of strategy. Um, this is only trade deadline number two with Nico and in the J-Kid era. And so we'll see kind of what direction they go. Um but yeah, I think we're all we're all in agreement that the Mavs are going to do something, right? Well, the track record shows that. I mean, they've made a deal the past deadline. How many every years? I mean, I think it's multiple years they've made a deal. So I think we can be in for some fireworks before Thursday, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Cat <laughs> <laughs> is trying so hard not to get fined. Just so yeah. hard. Because Adam Silver, we know you're out there listening, bud. We know that you're a huge Huge Corner 3 fan. Uh, and a fan of Studio 41 and radio in general. Okay. And the YouTube channel. Go subscribe. 
Yeah, uh, youtube.com slash mavericks or whatever. So, all right, I have a <laughs> random integer generator. Uh, oh, I think I need to do random sequence generator, actually. Give me one second. Surprised <laughs> you don't have this saved as like a bookmark or something. Yeah. Okay, how much how much sequencing do you think I do on here? Okay. Uh, all right, whatever. Pokemon. We're just, we're just going to do it. So uh, I'm number one. Isaac is number two. Cat's number three by virtue of the alphabet. And so it's going to spit out an order. We're going to have an all-star fantasy draft. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? What is this? That. That was incredible. Okay, well, you're generating 100 random integers, first of all. Oh, okay, I need to do three. <laughs> so, oh, uh, man. Never have Bobby uh, do a random. Maybe we could do like rock, paper, scissors. That would be incredible audio content. Y'all told me to do this live. All right. Yeah, so we I'm, did. Uh, we did. I'll, I'll I'm trying to figure out the internet. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the draft order. Bada bing, bada boom. Oh, it's three, two, one, which means Katya, you right. get the first pick. So right. here are the rules. Okay. We're going to draft the 24 starters. We have to begin or the, the 24 all-stars onto fantasy drafts. And then we're going to put it out on Twitter and y'all are going to vote to see who has the best team. Now we have to begin with the starters and work our way through. And we're going to do this as a snake draft. So Katya will get the first pick. Then I'll get the wheel at three and four Katya and so on and so on. Isaac, you're just stuck in the middle the whole time. Now, before we begin, what are we trying to do? Is this, are we drafting the best team if like everyone is trying super hard or what, what's like the criteria that we're working off of? Yeah. I'm it's just like working off vibes. It's like, it's like <laughs> king of the court. Like if, if these, you know, they play, if two teams played each other and the winner plays the other team, who's the, who's the best team if they played a game. Okay. And everyone is like all the way locked in. Yeah. Okay, so because like there's a difference between like All Star Luca and Game Seven Luca, you know, all the way locked in, and they didn't go out the night before. Oh wow! Okay, this is serious business. I mean, Utah's a fun place, so that's true. That's Salt true. Lake. Um. Okay, so, Cat. Without further ado, you have the first pick. Who are you thinking? All right, I'm on the clock with my first pick. I'm going to go with Giannis. <laughs> Giannis. <laughs> I mean, are we surprised? <laughs> I think that's a good pick. I think that's a I real mean, strong pick. I was going to take him if you, if you didn't, but uh, give me Luca. Luca. Okay, so here's my other question. Do we have to draft, like, positions? Like, do each of you have to take, like, X number of guards and bigs, and, or are we just kind of doing whatever we want? It is 2023. We are positionless and we are going with just who our heart desires. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, ooh, I get the wheel. This is exciting. I'm oh. going to take, I'm going to take Steph Curry and Jokic. Ooh. That's fun. I had a feeling you were going to take Yoke. Yeah. I think those two together, if they were on the same, I mean, this is like, so fun. obviously not tampering, but like if they were on the same team, <laughs> that, would, that would be just just unbelievable basketball <laughs> um give me give me kevin durant okay i was gonna go katie but instead i will now take uh tatum tatum oh. wow okay yeah so and... go on 
Oh, I was so just going to say, to recap, y'all are taking wings, and I'm not. So I'm, I'm living in the past. Well, here we go. I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell here. Ooh, okay. I'm building a team, baby. <laughs> Am I going to have to do it? All right, dude, <laughs> you got to, right? <laughs> Give me LeBron. Oh! All right, I'm kind of in a, a pickle here because I have to take Kyrie and Zion, but I already have Steph and Jokic. <laughs> so, like, this isn't I, – I guess Zion is probably a better version of Aaron Gordon. Kyrie and Steph together, though, it's just kind of – it's sort of weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You did it for yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, we're playing space age basketball. Just are are you like six one or are you seven foot? There's no one between. Wings don't exist. It's all a figment of your imagination. I mean, I feel like I have to take Embiid, right? Well, you don't have to, Isaac. You don't have to. You got a whole pool of reserves. Embiid or Sabonis, but I'll go with Embiid. Joel Embiid. <laughs> all right, give me Halliburton. Oh and, yeah, and oh, this is tough. Okay, hold on. Halliburton, I'm so glad Halliburton made it. And bam. Ooh, that one's good. Okay, so now, oh, oh, I'll I'll recap at the end of the fifth round so that we can go over our first five each. Hmm. Okay. Um, give me, ba ba da ba ba ba. Um, give me. I guess I should, should I have run down the eligible players? You probably should you... have, but after okay. after this round, you can just name say who's on board. Okay, say yeah. who who's left. Okay, and, uh, and all of that. But um, I will take. Gosh, this is so hard. I'm debating on between two people here. SGA. Shay Gilders. That's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Have fun spelling that one out. Yeah. <laughs> SGA. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. I feel like my team needs <laughs> more than a little bit of defense here. You need a point guard. Uh, that I do not. I could use some defenders, though. Bobby uh, currently has Steph, Kyrie, Zion, and Jokic. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I could use some defenders. <laughs> um, how about give me uh Ooh, I feel like Lowry would be a good fit on this team. Give me Trey Young. <laughs> He's not on the oh, list. Isaac. He didn't make it. I forgot. He's not on the list. Give me Jalen Brown for sure. Yeah. Okay. Before you make your next pick. Reset. Okay, so here are the the starting five. Uh, we can we might re need to reposition our lineups uh, so that people can fit and everything. So the first five picks of each team, Katia so far, Tyrese Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Giannis, and Bam. That is, that is not bad. That is not bad. Isaac, Luca, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Kevin Durant, LeBron, and Joel Embiid. Also not bad. It's a lot of size it is. on that team. 
not a lot of shooting. <laughs> <sounded> so sad. <laughs> There's not a lot of shooting on your team, Isaac, but you got some size. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any size, but I do have good vibes, I think. Oh, <laughs> I have some good vibes. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I have Steph, Jokic, okay, Kyrie, Zion, and Jalen Brown. Kyrie and Jalen Brown, I mean, they're buds, so there's vibes. Yeah, that's true. A, a lot of, I think my team will lead the league in tweets. Uh, a lot of big posters on my team. So the eligible players left to be drafted are DeMar DeRozan, Paul George, Drew Holiday, Jaron Jackson Jr., Damian Lillard, Lowry Markinen, Ja Morant, Julius Randle, and DeMontis Sabonis. So there's still a lot of quality left on the board here. No Jalen. No JD. No Jalen Brunson. No James uh, Harden yeah. either. That maybe maybe after this, if we have time, we can talk about the snubs real quick. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Davis. Gosh. He's played like 20 games this year. It's been great. Bertons. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Bertons. Uh, leading the league in threes per 36. Uh, okay. Let for for this for this swing. I feel like this is really important because now we're trying to like build out a bench. You know, we're trying to like really build out a bench here. Give me. I'm gonna go Paul George. Mm, that's good. That's good. Now the action is back to Isaac. I mean, I guess I'll just go best player available and say, well, I guess best player. I'll take Ja Morant. Ja. Still, I'm take my guy Drew Holiday. Ooh, nice That's pick. who I almost took. I almost took him at my SGA pick, but so good, so good, so so good. And then after that, I will. You know what? Let's get let's get some defense on the team. Let's go, Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson. Kind of a surprise to make a team, in my opinion, but as far as. Was a was kind of a surprise, wasn't he? Uh, give me Larry it's, it's Markkinen. It's the stats. It's the home stats. It's the statistician. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, you took Lowry. Yeah, I did. Yes. Ooh. All right. So I could just dominate the backcourt here and get Dame to go along with Steph and Kyrie, but that's a Dame and Steph did have that pretty fun All Star uh, little shootout a couple years ago. That was pretty fun. That oh, was yeah, pretty fun. Was fun. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Demonis Sabonis. Ooh, I like it. And man, I'm putting a lot of defensive stress on Jalen and Paul George here. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, between Randall, Demar, and Dame, it's not like those guys. You know, those guys are kind of more scorers. Uh, oof. Um. I'm I'm satisfied with my front court. I got wing. I need a guard. I I'm kind There's of three players me. left, Bobby. Right? What? <laughs> There's three players left. Just I know one, this bro. is a big decision because I'm only going to get one of them now. There's no comeback. Here's the three players uh, left: go, Julius, you know Julius Randall. Let's what? I was going to say the three players left is Julius Randall, Damian Lillard, Demar Derozan. I think I'm going to keep the theme of posting alive, and I'm going to get Damian Lillard. No posting. <laughs> All right, I'll let Cat have the hometown guy. I'll take uh, DeRozan. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. All right. Cool. 
Cat so has Kat a, ends up has with a Julius size on her team. Randall. All right, so now we need to assemble an actual starting five. So to to recap the rosters here, and you're gonna have to let us know on Twitter whose team is the best and whose team sucks the most. All right, <laughs> or sucks the least, I guess. These are all stars. Cat has Tyrese Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell, and Drew Holiday as your backcourt. You got Jason Tatum. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Julius Randle on the wings and, and, and at the four. And then your centers are Bam Adebayo and Jaron Jackson Jr. It is going to be tough to score on your team. Yeah. Tough to score on that team. You could roll out like Tatum, Giannis, Bam, and Jaron Jackson and Drew. Oh. <laughs> what is going on? I mean, oh, I just man. wanted to bring the defense to All Star because it's yeah. Yeah, that'd be nasty. And you're gonna need <laughs> you're gonna need to, all of those guys to defend against Isaac's team. Now, Isaac, I think that your team is like the the pure Hooper team. Okay, <laughs> for sure. Isaac's got Luca, KD, LeBron, Joel Embiid, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Ja Morant. Lowry Markinen and DeMar DeRozan. Literally everybody that like all of the, you know, like the Rashad Phillips and like the 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 like true Hooper accounts. Talk like, soon. Yeah. Dude, you have every part of the court covered. Like you have the dudes that drive, you have your mid-range, you have three. I think it's just yeah. a matter of who I want to start next to you know, Luca's obviously the point. Joel's at five, KD and LeBron. And then it's like I mean, I guess I'd do SGA. He's a better shooter out of Jaw, right? Are you going to bring LeBron off the bench, Isaac? Oh, if I can, yeah. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, man. It's your team. Let me run down my roster while y'all configure your starting fives, all right? And then and then you're, you're going to let me know on the, on the other side. All right, so my team is uh, either just pure unadulterated fun or cryptic posting, all right? I got Steph Curry, Kyrie, Paul George and Dalen and, and Dalen, Jalen Brown, and Dame Lillard. That's my backcourt. My frontcourt: Nikola Jokic, Zion Williamson, and Demonis Sabonis. I'm pretty satisfied with my team. I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty satisfied. I think we can run some creative stuff. I'm gonna draw some stuff up and and see what works whenever we put it on the floor. So, Cat, give me your uh, give me your starting five, and and then who's coming off your bench. Okay, so my starting five, Halliburton, Giannis, well, hold on, okay, Halliburton and Drew, I don't know, I don't know, Halliburton, Drew, Giannis, Tatum, and I'm between Jaron Jackson or Bam, obviously, let's just go Bam. Mm. All right, I've already forgotten who your other player. Oh, so you're bringing okay, so you're bringing Donovan Mitchell and Julius Randle. Yeah, yeah. And all right, so your starting lineup: Tyrese yeah. Halliburton and Drew, with Giannis, Tatum, and Bam. And your bench is Jaron Jackson, Donovan Mitchell, and Julius Randle. Now, yeah, does that work for the for the backcourt? I don't even. Why well, I, I do question your team's chemistry. Because Donovan and uh, Jaron Jackson, they got in a fight like two days ago. 
this is where they this is where they make amends and this oh, is where okay. they hash it out you know okay okay if not they I, can just sit on the bench together and figure it I out i also want to point out that jaron jackson is your only western conference player on your entire team wow the east is better this year i don't know <laughs> fair enough <laughs> fair enough she hates the west <laughs> Um, right, I'll take Isaac. I'll take Luca, SGA, KD, LeBron, and Bead as my starting five. I'll bring John Morant, Markinen, and DeRozan off the bench. Wow. Okay, that's a lot of size, man. If Shea Gilgis Alexander is the shortest player in your starting lineup, whoo. Yeah, we're gonna struggle against you know some some backcourts like Steph and them, because SGA is pretty much our only defender. Outside of all defense, Luka, I guess he could take uh, one of those guys. But, yeah, then you're asking KD to guard a Kyrie or Steph maybe. But yeah. I'm intrigued to see what you do with, with your guys, because you're obviously going to have Steph and Jokic, but who's in between those guys? Yeah, I don't know. I'm really torn because I, I, I'm definitely starting Steph and Kyrie together. I feel like you can run Steph off all these screens and then Kyrie can sort of like orchestrate. I'm going to put Jalen Brown out there with them and then I'm going to have Zion and Jokic in the starting lineup. Ooh. You can have one of them setting screens for Steph, the other guy kind of running pick and roll with Kyrie. You can run stuff through Jokic, get a lot of switches and things like that. And then Jokic on all these cuts with Zion would be really good too. And then I'm going to bring Dame, Paul George, and Sabonis off the bench. I am intrigued by the possibility of a Jokic-Sabonis high-low game. I feel like I can I can beat you in a lot of different ways, right? I can beat you with shooting, screening, movement, isolation scoring, post-up, old-school basketball. I can do I, – I dedicate this team to my dad, okay? Jim, <laughs> this team is for you. It's for you, This Jim. team is for you. This was fun. Um, seven seven international players on the All Star uh, teams this year. Is there when you look at the All Stars that were announced, the reserves were announced on Thursday. Who's the biggest? Did you have a biggest surprise? That you're like, oh, that kind of surprised me when they announced it. I don't know. I mean, I think it would be Jaron Jackson Jaylen make it. Yeah, Jaron Jackson surprised me a little bit, just because yeah, like you look at some of the games missed and. It's weird because, like, sometimes if you miss games at the beginning of the season, it doesn't weigh the same as missing games lately. Um, kind of surprised Booker didn't make it. He made it over Anthony Davis. I was like, all right. Yeah, I mean, but if, if you're going to, like, use the games played as a knock on Jackson, you have to use it on AD, too. So I, I don't really feel like there was, like, a front court player snubbed unless you can count Booker as a front court player just for, for like, that intense you know and purposes um i feel like the east had some snubs i mean jalen that's kind of a bummer harden i feel like is just awesome for philly you know um and i feel like drew you know drew is a really good player and probably the best defensive player of basketball right now or one of them but making it over those guys is just kind of surprising it's kind of surprising to me siakam <laughs> no siakam in there he has some good stat stuff i don't mind no drew. christian wood no christian wood um I was wondering, you know, the Kings sent out, you know, stuff to coaches. Jason Kidd talked about it the other day. Kings sent out wine and basketball cards and stuff. I didn't know if the Mavs sent out like DMs for Christian Woods or crypto for, <laughs> you know, Dinwiddie to other coaches. Been uh, doing that all season. To make Been their doing coaches. That all season. <laughs> 
but the wine right, is well, the move. I know. Check out Isaac's Twitter account. He's gonna post these lineups and see. Uh, we'll, we'll let the people decide who has the best lineups. But until then, take care. Buckle up. We got the trade deadline coming up on Thursday. We'll be back with the show next weekend to recap it all right here on Studio Forty One Radio. For Isaac and Katya, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.